0: Through. He's got another one! Just in it to the reel! Liver! 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 Oh! oh Crajosia! Big, big climb! And then Daniel goes for goal! He's just got the three Brownlow boats! Extends away. lane. The youngster's a star. What a play. that doesn't get you off the couch at home. Nothing
1: will. What a goal. Welcome to the Salty Bulldog, the podcast that has here a cricket bat and would like to raise it. My name is Matthew Donald and I have Nick Galea with me as I have for the previous 99 episodes, including this, the 100th episode of the Salty Bulldog. Thank you for tuning in for all of those that have. If you do want to listen to any of the previous episodes and any of the future episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, which you'll be able to find wherever you get your podcasts by typing in the Salty Bulldog. You'll also be able to check out our social media channels on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you'll also be able to check out our website, www.thesaltybullock.wixsite.com forward slash home. Nick, can you believe it? Can, can you believe it that, we're, that we've actually got to the three figures?
0: Yes, yes, we have. I expected that to happen for sure, you know. You know, that's one thing I would trust us to have, to have got through, you know. We're very dedicated in this. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm pleased to say that we've raised the 100 far sooner than Essendon has won a final. So that's a very positive thing to, to remark. But uh, I wanted to ask you a question. That cricket bat that you had there, have you actually made a run with it?
1: No, I haven't made a century with it. I've made a century with it.
0: You've made made a few runs with it. Some
1: some runs, yes.
0: Very good. That's what we want to hear. Oh, God. Some runs. Triple figures. Hallelujah.
1: Now, I'm I'm trying to think of of how this all sort of started. So do you remember... Shall
0: shall, shall we start off the very uh, foundations of how the hell... is? occurred. McKernan and the, P- the Collingwood Football Club, I think, were the, the two key figures in this. Being so
1: occurred. Nick Nick, and I have a, have a very interesting backstory and in that
0: we've met for the first time twice. <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange thing. Yes, <laughs> the early, portion, uh, early parts of 2017. So it was round,
1: round one 2017 against Collingwood, at the MCG. We were a couple of Bulldog fans in Bay a M three, I think it might have been, and a C or a nest rather of, of magpie supporters, and we were up against it, but we, we gave as as good as we got for the most part in that match. Uh, but we didn't we didn't really introduce ourselves to each other, but we did a few weeks later in the VFL uh, Footscray and Essendon down at uh, at the Western Oval, and uh, yeah, our, our mutual disgust at the fact that Sean McKernan
0: was having the game of his life at full four. He was having a chance for the, the equivalent of the, um what do we call the VFL level of the magic door medal?
1: <laughs> I think it'd be the magic door
0: medal. It. it probably <laughs> would be very fitting actually. Yeah. But yes, yes. I was, um I was sitting up actually. oh, well, We can't really call it a, a grandstand of sorts at the club. Um, I was sitting behind our interchange bench at the pre at the first point and the first <laughs> half anyways, um, and had, a few Essendon players sitting uh, near me, and you know Anthony McDonaldson and Woody, Jaden Laverde and a few others. And then suddenly yeah, probably better. It's probably good to get close to the action. I say, let's move a bit closer to our bench. And then you know, strangely, strangely enough, there's this, um, you know, pretty much this redhead boy, or we call him redhead boy, Ed Richards here, and he happened to be what in between another person or two two people down, I think. And we just started yelling at Sean McKernan in unison. Yeah. We were venting our frustrations right at it. So very, very interesting.
1: It was. And we sort of, yeah, we developed a bit of an alliance from there and we caught up a couple more times towards the end of the year. And one of my ambitions for a while had been to run a podcast, but I didn't have anyone who who would be willing to sit with me for an hour every week and and, and talk about the Bulldogs. But then I ran into this guy and and he was, he was as keen as muscle for I pitched the idea to him and
0: he, and he went for didn't it. Didn't have to, didn't have to say it twice. He was very, very pleased to have been a part of it, and yeah, for sure, it's it's a very enjoyable part of the week, and has been for, for quite some time.
1: It's come a long way, it really yeah. has. Because yeah. uh, our, our yes. first episode, we've we've got that on on YouTube, mm-hmm. published November twenty second, two thousand and seventeen. Was that so the one of been... the infamous heater,
0: or know that oh, was a couple of episodes pr- later? Pr- I'm thinking. Probably,
1: probably. So they started these these episodes started in a study room at Swinburne University. Uh, uh with no no sort of soundproofing on the walls no microphones it was just me sitting at one uh table or one end of the table nick sitting at the other we just had the phone in the middle recording we had the people going in and out of the the rooms next door and they were just trying to close the door as loudly as they could as mm. nick said we had the heating we had the air conditioning making a
0: lot of noise as well we even had the some difficulties on occasions of me i think accidentally going to the wrong university um, for a podcast episode or two, even though I went to Swinburne one time and I think you mentioned oh, we're at RMIT today for some reason. So that was a very interesting situation right there. That was, that
1: was. I do want to, and I, I do want to go through um, some of our, I've got, I've put together top five, a top five best moments of the Salty Bulldog from episode one through to episode well, 99, I suppose. And we'll go through that. we'll go through that a little bit later, but I'm just thinking of, of the way its sort of it's moved around. So we've gone from study rooms at Swinburne to study rooms at RMIT, as you said. Uh, then we went to a so we know actual recording studio at Swinburne and then to more study rooms at Swinburne and then back to recording studios at Swinburne. And now ever since COVID started, we've not been in the same studio at all. No, I, no say, I say studio. I class it as a studio,
0: yeah. but no, this it's is pretty obvious. That, that no, your
1: that we your,
0: have. your bedroom and my living room, a sporting room, or whatever the hell you Morning want to call room. this thing. <laughs> yeah, this this particular room with a bit of memorabilia. So yes, that's that's uh, that's how we roll. Unfortunately, we weren't able to conduct a podcast last year. We just had a few many Too things difficult. going on, no. but no, it was good to have it and bring it back this year, and um, definitely enjoyed having it once again.
1: And it's grown this year. I think this year it's making a, it's taken a big mm. leap and I'm really proud mm. of the way it has gone.
0: Well, yeah, I think we'll, we've taken it a lot more serious. We took it serious, but in terms yeah, we of did. saying, yeah, let's, let's, let's push this. So
1: it was just a bit of a, an exercise on the side in, in previous years, but now we've, we've really tried to up it a bit and we'll reminisce and reflect on it all a little bit later, but we need, we need to get down to business because there is some actual football going on. And the first thing we, we tend to do when, we started an episode is look at the Sleeved Hall of Fame and look to see if anyone has, you know, has proven themselves worthy of being inducted into the who's who of the Salty Bulldog. And it turns out we do have a new inductee. And his name is Josh Dunkley. Rocking Welcome, the sleeves Dunks. in Welcome. Ballarat. I said, I said way back when we started this, I wanted someone like Dunkley. I said the two names I said with Dunkley mm. and McRae, I wanted to get I wanted to get those two in. Yeah. So we haven't just got anyone and, and the players we've inducted certainly as they've been wearing them have been pretty big but this is this is a big fish this one.
0: Mm.
1: I mean we were able to get in before Essendon were <laughs> oh man and we didn't even offer eight
0: hundred thousand dollars and two first round picks. I <laughs> I still love it how people say that we should have taken the deal even though those picks would have just been eaten by Jamara even though who we were getting regardless with those picks or not. That, that was still one of the strangest arguments I've seen from Bomber supporters there. It's, it's 2010 wonder, vision rather than, mm,
1: than twenty twenty that
0: wasn't a great day for
1: mm, wasn't a great day for Dunkley in terms of what he actually contributed on field, but he only he only has to wear the sleeves
0: and he did. And it got he's me still thinking featured about, in an eleven center bounces just for his sake too. Okay. So they're gradually pushing him back into it. So I think it was seventy five percent game time. Correct me on that, but I believe it was around those numbers for him. Yeah, I'm not not sure on the no, exact... not even where is he? Where the, yeah, seventy five percent game time. So and only the four, only the four contested for him. So I'm not too sure where exactly he's featuring. Probably hiding up at half forward, which was a favourite position of him for the first two to three seasons of his career. And <laughs> they love putting him. They I, yeah, I remember they you, you wanted well. to, you wanted to have him not not in a bad way. I remember you mentioning after that disastrous Adelaide game in 2018, if he's not going to play in the midfield, trade him. Get rid of him! Oh, I was right, wasn't I? Well, Unfortunately, he didn't him. have to get proved. <laughs> they, they, oh, we know I was him. just saying, just let him stay, let him stay. And no, they the played him in the there, but...
1: but. as soon as they played him in the midfield, Nick, things things have clicked, oh, and he's never really looked really, back. Yeah, what well, did he except become? for
0: those times when he played in Iraq, But you know, ah, what did he? What was he in 2019? From round six onwards, I think it was seven. What, the Richmond leading game. was round seven, but he was leading the in the coaches' votes. Had they been Started at that respective point of the year, so yeah. it says he's just an incredible footballer in that. But yeah, so only seventy five percent game time, as I mentioned before. Do you do you take much into that?
1: Uh, no, because it's been a it's been a funny couple of weeks for him. They're just sort of trying to ease him back. He's had you know he was out for three months, in for a game, out for a game, back in again. It's it's been a bit stop start for him. So I think they're just trying to ease him into it, which isn't a bad thing, I suppose. I will get it, it me thinking though, because Dunkley wasn't the only one wearing sleeves. He's the only new inductee. But we need to start thinking about what what gets you elevated to legend status. Because there's been a few players that have worn it a few times now. Caleb Daniels worn it the last... In fact, Caleb Daniel, Bailey Williams, Lockie Hunter have all worn it two weeks in a row. Uh, Josh Bruce, I think, has worn it four times this season now. Yeah.
0: Looking very good on those two, actually. Really, really enjoying it for... Uh, for and, Bruce, uh, and for Hunter, definitely. I mean, Daniel looks good, at him, but Hunter, it really suits him. Yeah.
1: And Norton wore it very briefly. Then he made a change. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah.
0: There was a segment on the, on the Western Bulldogs website for their key takeaways. I think it was their third particular point, uh, which was dedicated to the sleeves, which will no doubt make Matt very, very happy. Absolutely smiling right now like a Cheshire yeah. cat.
1: Oh, the, the sleeves are the sleeves are fantastic, and we're slowly, slowly winning o- them over. It, it is, it is going to be. We're in it for the long haul with this, so we are going to, we are going to push this all the way. And it's good to see that we're getting multiple players wear them back to back. I was a bit disappointed here on a, on another podcast, the the Danny Boyd podcast, that Zane Cordy doesn't doesn't want to wear the sleeves. I was really annoyed about that. But, you know, I suppose, I know. I suppose being in, in esteemed companies such as Bontepelli, Dunkley, Johnson, West, isn't for everyone. I mean, oh, he's, nice. got his, he's got his Premiership medal, but oh, he, he, be, he could be part be fair, of the Hall of Fame uh, as well. Cordy,
0: Cordy's part of an exclusive club too, that, you know, kicking the first goal of a grand final. It is a, it is a quality club that it we is. don't have many members of, but I wonder, can he back it up again in 2021? Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering.
1: I don't know. Hey, look if Cordy's and he playing at center, his title. If Cordy is playing at centre half forward in, in a grand final out of Bruce, Norton, Jamar Ugalaag, and Hannon, I'd be a little concerned. And <laughs>
0: I'd be a bit concerned. What do we reckon well, because for we saw Mitch Hannon in the ruck for crying out loud too. Just, just he did all right, actually. Just quickly though, what do we
1: reckon for legend status for sleeves? Do we reckon, do we reckon five appearances in the sleeves?
0: Nah, not yet. Not yet. I think not there's got to be I think it's got to equate to, I was going to say, this is going to, this is going to rule everyone out actually here. Um, I was jokingly going to say, it's got to be greater than half their career, which has probably been the case <laughs> when it was young. So, you know, he's played only 20 games. He's been in at least 10 of those matches. Um, so we just need Bruce half and... The career. Yeah, we just need Bruce and Daniel and Norton and Hunter and whoever else it is to, to work for the next 120 matches in a row. or such. But no I wonder, actually, I think... Oh, you got to get to double digits. I feel double digits minimum. Okay. I think we probably need to have another tier. So we've got the, you know, we've got goat status or legend status, which is Lewis Young. Yep. I think we need another tier between. Well, what have we got?
1: We just some? got what inductee our, and, and, and okay. legend status at the yeah, moment.
0: So we need we need a, a tier in between those two. Okay, okay. Honour, we'll work honorary, on that. We, got, we need a tier for that. We need to sort out the honorary members as well.
1: We'll we'll work on that. Let's get to the the football now. So because
0: we've done a lot of reminiscing
1: about sleeves and and milestones. Let's talk about the football. So it's quite fitting, I think, that the 100th episode uh, coincides with a weekend when the West Bulldogs are on top of the AFL ladder. I think that's quite fitting.
0: I think we've timed our run to perfection, haven't we?
1: Yeah, I think so too. 15-15-105, the Western Bulldogs had a late 8-8-56 in front of it. Well, I'd say it was the, the attendance was about a dozen cars, I think, from, from memory at, uh, at Mars oh, Stadium.
0: There's a, there's a fair bit more than that. I've seen a, gr- uh, a photo of all the cars parked out on the far side of the ground and it looks spectacular actually. Retro it's round. Brilliant. Yeah, retro it's absolutely hilarious. But the hearing those um because I couldn't watch the game, but I was listening to it on the radio. For some reason my stream wasn't working. So yeah, I got to listen to it on the radio, of course, and uh, every every goal that we kicked there was a you know, a fair few honks going on, which was which was wonderful.
1: And there were a lot of goals. So Bruce, Hagen and Johansson each kicking two goals. Liberatore, Norton, English, Daniel, Hunter, Garcia, Dale, Bontempelli, and Waitman added to the reel, each getting a goal of their own. A lot of goal kickers. I think that's 12 all up. That is 12. Daniel led the way, 32 to I thought he was excellent again. Bailey, Dale, and Jackson McRae each got 31. Bailey Smith with 29. It was a good day for the Baileys as well. Nick, I know you're a big fan of the triple Baileys. Liberatore mm. got, with...
0: I'm going to have to post that um, particular photo of it. I think I should. I might have already, but I'll, I'll do it on the salty page, I think. It's very Liber- fishing.
1: Liberatore with 25 disposals. Hunter with 20. Coaches votes. I think there were too many surprises here. Bailey Dale with the perfect 10. Caleb Daniel and Jackson McRae each with seven. Libertori and Hunter each with two. Bailey Smith got one. And Roy Sloan for the Crows with the other votes. It means hmm. Bontempelli didn't poll. And he now trails, I think it was by, I think it was by Dale. seven votes.
0: Seven votes. One hundred and one for Clayton Oliver. Bontempi on ninety-four. After Oliver <clears throat> polled nine against the Suns. Still time to turn around
1: for Bont. Three three weeks to go. Yes,
0: yes. He needs to. He needs to win. You know the, the equivalent of the ten Pete What is it? So premiership medal, Norm Smith, Brownlow, Best and fairest, AFL coaches awards. Uh, I don't know. There's probably some weird award about having favourite pet or something. I don't know. All these other different things. Harold Sun Player of the Year. He's favourite pet. Yeah, I don't know. There's all these ridiculous awards that they'll bring out too. That's- Salty Bulldog Player of the Year award. He's a chance for that too. He has won
1: horse? one of those. He won it in 2019.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jackson 20, McRae's 18 counts was pretty much just Hunter McRae <laughs> so every week. You could say it was
1: a two way horse.
0: <laughs> yes, there we go. That's a time wanted phrase. That
1: that will that will come up a little later in the episode, I'm sure. Uh, and then in 20, uh, 2020, rather, it was a bit closer, but McRae won it against so him. McRae's a two-time winner, and I think he's leading it still with a couple of games to go, although there is finals yeah. about. So who knows it's what could to happen to see there. that he
0: values the, the Salty Bulldog Player of the Year award more than the Charles Sutton medal. He? <laughs>
1: he, he does, he it's does. What'd you make of the game? Let, let's talk a bit about the game itself. What were your takeaways from it?
0: From what I could make out from the radio and the small 10-minute highlights package from ALS Highlights, yeah, both halves. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Oh dear God, seriously, I was I was so livid about not being able to watch her on the stream, though. To be fair, but no, no. From, from all that I could gather, we didn't seem to exert ourselves. We didn't play poorly. Didn't play brilliant, but we seemed to play very well in the bursts required, and did what we had to do. And dare I say it? Because this is gonna this is gonna probably bite this podcast you know, come this week. No injuries. So yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's the key word. The positive thing is with that, even Scott, who has apparently uh, suffered a potential serious injury, seems to have uh, seems to have escaped it.
1: Yeah, he didn't this look great, nice. and, and no, when he was walking off the ground, right. didn't look good either. But no, he's he's escaped injury. There was yeah, one so I picked up on the nice, injury
0: right. list to Lewis Butler, which seems to have crept under the radar somewhat. Yes, that's just like Lewis Young last week. There seems to be a case for the Lewises at this point in time. Do we have any others? We've got three Baileys, we've got two Lewises. How many Joshes do we have? We've got two Joshes, two Joshes. No, we've got three Joshes. We've got Shacky, Bruce, oh, Shackie, Dunkley. Yeah. Who else awesome have we got?
1: Three Baileys. Did you say? Did you mention the, the three Baileys? Baileys?
0: Yeah, this is very interesting.
1: We've got uh, we've got a Tim and a Tom. Close enough. Yeah, we only got one Tom.
0: Yeah, that turns about right. We've, ha- a, we've had we've had we've had a couple to of Toms up for up a while. We had
1: checks. Tom Boyd, Tom Campbell, Tom Libertore, Tom Young. Tom Young's Tom coming young. back a little bit now, but
0: yes, that was oh dear crying out loud we had a couple well, of lockies uh, last year hmm.
1: young and hunter
0: anyway no, very nice though it's very different to a bit of our history now
1: felt like to me that they were pacing themselves a bit so they the bulldogs were kicking into the wind in the first quarter and yet they still had a five goal to three lead at the yeah, first
0: 33 quarter. to 21 and then really too early on
1: yeah and then really Really got on on top in the second term. They're up by about thirty-five points, I think, mm. at halftime. Mm. I, didn't, I think they
0: were saying it was a three-goal breeze, roughly.
1: Oh, I don't know what it was in terms of. I, I think of that's goal what value. I heard.
0: Who was I listening to? I think it was AFL Nation. Can't, again. It's just opinions, but I think they said it was a two-to-three goal breeze.
1: So I didn't see the second half, but I was keeping it up, keeping up, keeping up with the score rather, and. Given the fact that Adelaide had the breeze, it sort of felt like that the, the Bulldogs were just sort of pacing themselves. And I did watch the game and it felt a bit like that as well, that they were just sort of saying, Well, let's just make sure we get to three quarter time. We don't need to really push it. Let's just maintain the lead. Cause then when you've got a six goal lead and you're kicking with a three goal breeze in the last quarter, then you can you can manage the game pretty effectively yeah. from there. And yeah. and that's you what they did. A, yeah,
0: you could bring a nine goal win. We got it to eight. I think, according to champion data, the expected by in terms of the accuracy of the shots and stuff, um, we were an extra goal ahead, and the margin probably could have been seven goals, but it became eight instead. So, again, bit of a bit of a plus there.
1: And now on top of the on top of the ladder, still yeah.
0: with yeah, three games back to, to back go. Base. Very good to see. It's good, isn't it? So we've yes, yeah, so we've equaled our nine. What is it? Nineteen ninety eight, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and. 2016 win. Isn't it uh,
1: incredible
0: in terms of the wins that is of course.
1: Isn't it incredible that in 2016 we got 15 wins we finished 7th. Imagine losing the last 3 games of the season at this point and finishing 7th from here.
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty disheartening. It not won't happen but it be No, no, disheartening. It's,
1: it's it's not not going to Don't I don't think it's a mathematical <laughs> impossibility. No. But you would think Talk it's on, it's not going to happen.
0: We're what? We're 3 games clear of Brisbane. They're We're at 48. F- we can't... Uh, what are they, six now? West Coast Jeez, are on... Are f- what are West Coast on, actually? Good questions. Let's have a sus.
1: Right, so while you're having a, a look at that, West it does... West Coast on 40,
0: so we can only drop to sixth as sixth. our lowest at this okay. point in time. So count- yeah, if we get a home on the- final.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, unless we finish that or fourth. But even then, we, we get a home final regardless anyway. So there is a, we're going to have at least one home final this year, which will be fantastic. I wanted to pose a question to you, Nick, and I'm keen for the answer. Obviously, there's, when crowds do come back, they won't be back this week. There's hope they'll be back next week. There'll be some form of restriction or capacity. Depending on what that capacity is, could a qualifying final at the Bulldogs host be played at Marvel Stadium?
0: That is not a bad question at all. I like that question. We've got a we've got a very strong record there. We had a very, very strong record there, of course, in fifteen and sixteen that started to, to be a bit rectified in the past couple of years anyhow, especially this year. I would think so. So what is it? 56,347 people, I so, think it is. Something
1: like fifty-five, fifty-six thousand, yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's it there. I think that's so that's the max that's including rail seatings and all these other things to, you know, stand-up room. Surely the AFL would be tempted to do that, won't they? If that is if that is a case. But they'd have to then appease the cats for a home final there too.
1: Which I'm I'm fine and with continue. because there's the if you know well I suppose the more I think about it, it would only make sense as an argument if the if there were no crowds. Because if they say if let's say it's 50% capacity, well the AFL would be much more inclined to have a 50% filled MCG than they would be a fifty percent full Marvel Stadium because that's that's that's
0: twice the size of the crowds. Mm. And as in general, of course, as regular fans, we all want to have the best chance of attending these matches too. So yeah. an extra twenty five thousand people, yeah, for sure makes a big difference. Give or take, yeah.
1: If there were no crowds though, so because this is the only instance where that argument could apply, do you think they would go with it?
0: I think it would depend on how many games are being played. In Victoria, because there would have to be the potential um, final for for Melbourne or qualifying final for Melbourne at the MCG. There could still be a final, but again, they've got to get there. Can Richmond still do anything of note, or they?
1: I don't think they can finish. Getting a home final,
0: you don't think they can get a home final? No, 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 they can't. Actually, they're like four games behind. Four games behind Brisbane, so no, that's it. So it's only pretty much the three Victorian sides up there. So that's going to be. Cadynia, MCG, well, then that's
1: only a maximum. Stadium. It would only then be a maximum of three games, and each of their home grounds are at different venues. Mm. Home grounds, you've got whatever whatever it's called down in Geelong this week, uh, Marvel, and then the MCG. So there would be no concern of uh, uh, having two teams sharing the same ground at the same time.
0: No, I wouldn't think so. And they could probably the way that this season has been run, I mean, we saw last week them playing – multiple games on the same ground on the same day. That was due to different circumstances, of course. But if need be, that can be the case as well at, say, Marvel or at the MCG. It's not too bad. No, it could work. But I wouldn't mind seeing us play a game at Marvel. But, of course, the preference is still set at the, at the home of football.
1: Yeah. Is that, is that our preference or is that the AFL's preference, though?
0: I'd probably say it's even our preference. And this is not from a, a club point of view. This is probably just what I believe would be the club's point of view.
1: Okay. I don't think they've they've not stuck their flag in the ground the way Geelong have. They they I think I think I think their preference has always been to play finals at Marvel Stadium if they can, but if they have to play at the MCG it's not that big a deal.
0: No, no we I remember haven't up a, we haven't made a big fuss about it in that in that regard. No. There was a bit of a fuss a few years back of course, which I think you were alluding to.
1: I think in 2015 and, there was a real push to play it at Marvel Stadium, but they sort of got on with it in the end. They didn't mm. they wouldn't really dig their heels into it mm. all that much. That was an
0: extra that was an extra five, five six thousand thousand yeah people. And that's of course if the stadium was filled to capacity at Marble. But yeah, sixty thousand people at the MCG instead.
1: Mm. Mm. Back to the the football at the weekend. There was something I wanted to I want to share with you because when I think about the Bulldog's brand, we sort of know that it's big midfield contestant numbers, you know, winning the ball at the coal face. And then that that phrase, the dogs love to flick it around with the hands. We get that a lot.
0: As you reiterate, you're looking at you're looking Italian at this point in time. You know, using the hand movements very, very much well, taking it around. Yeah, that's Enjoying what they this.
1: Well that's what they that's what the Bulldogs do. They use their hands, they flick it around. That's what I'm told every single week, particularly when it's raining. So I wanted to look through what the Bulldogs brand is because we we have for long assumed that the contested numbers are what the Bulldogs base their game around. And that is true to a very large extent. It's what brought us great success, particularly in 2015, 2016. But I wanted to go through those contested numbers with you this year, Nick. So in the first six games of the season, we won the contested possession count in every game. And we didn't just win the contested possession count. We smashed them. So round one, it was plus 25 So we're going round one to round six. So plus 25 against Collingwood, plus nine against West Coast, plus 48 against North Melbourne. Plus
0: Plus six against Brisbane. Brisbane. uh, Plus plus 31 against the Suns and 44 against the Giants.
1: So that was six straight to start the season. And then we lost it to Richmond. Since then, we've got a record of six wins of the count, six defeats in the count, and we tied at the weekend against Adelaide. So 142 apiece. Some of the bigger defeats... In, in that one, we were minus 18 against Melbourne in the first game where we played them. We were minus 23 against them in the second game.
0: That's our season worst.
1: Yeah, and we were minus 16 against Geelong in the contested possession account. Is this a concern that this has for so long been our strength, but we've not been that great at it since round seven for the large part of the season?
0: Personally, I don't think it's a genuine concern. I think it'd be more concerned if we were trying to still play that brand, but getting beaten at it. I don't think it's necessarily that we're being beaten at it in that sense. I think we've probably sort of adopted a little bit of that uh, that particular Hawthorne mantra of um, of yesteryear. You know, with the three peak team, where they I'm not saying we pick and choose our moments, but we know when to go when it's required. And as you mentioned before, um, that we were sort of playing a bit conservative against the Crows, and that. Maybe it's a bit symbolic of how we've gone against uh, against other teams in the competition uh, in recent weeks. I mean, we can look at like for instance here we've played Geelong. We touched almost 150 contests, 147 that day. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, lost the contested ball though. West Coast, we uh, how West Coast say, was the exep- get exception. Up for it. We that was, but we did gear ourselves up for that game in terms of hunting. So that was touching 150 again. In recent weeks, we've still had the numbers relatively similar to, to early in this season. The only difference is is that it's the opposition numbers that have started to to equalise or at least close that differential gap. Um, not that we got these numbers in front of us properly, but I'm wondering where we would have sat in the first portion, or sorry, the first part of the season in terms of contestable differential and how that gap has been closed in recent weeks. I think it's just more the fact that we've tried to move away from that because of certain resources that aren't available to us. So it's a good bit of um, innovation and trying to adapt to what's there. There's no point in trying to play a brand of football that if you haven't got the players to be able to execute. As we know, it is a long season. We're seeing a lot of the players get a bit tired or such. And we noticed that even for that um, past six or so weeks, after a very heavy workload from round 11 to, oh sorry, even from sorry, round, round seven to about round 14 or so, Fifteen. Yep. There was a, and we got through that phase. We went what six and two, or five and three, or whatever it was. But I think it's four, and what we had to do.
1: And, I think we said it was four and two.
0: Four and two. That's the one, and a couple more games there. But no, I said I think it's more that we're rotating certain players through the roles again. You know, you've seen Smith get those or start to find more minutes again into the midfield. But the balancing act of trying to provide Libby with the amount of support. Basically, there's only certain types of players that can provide. That, that exact support that we're after. that is, of course, Dunkley. And if he's not there, well, you know, who's going to... You could have players fill in those roles, much like, you know, Rourke Smith, who's done actually not a bad job on the wing in recent weeks. And, you know, he's done a couple of good shutdown jobs, you know, last week, of course, on Ed Langdon, very important with role there. Yeah, And that's... Th- those two guys, who was it, Jaden Hunts, and then, of course, Christian Salah, and Langdon in the previous encounter, they smacked us. So Rawks Smith to be a part of that particular unit to to fix it up there. That was very important too. But I'm saying it's still obviously a, a fair tier or two below from what, what Troll would provide. But we're still getting by. So if that's, getting by that.
1: if that's not been our brand, the contested possession, for whatever reason, by design or or by by choice. What is what is our brand? What's the, what's the Bullog's brand? What is their MO, as it were? Give it to Bontempi. No.
0: Um, that is that
1: is a good mo. To be fair, when in doubt, give it to the bonds. Mm. It, it, is, it is that. a good match, isn't it? Just give it to him.
0: Mm. I wonder what would the brand be now. Because it's, it's strange because early this season we of course had the we had a different version of you know three headed dog threat which came from two key forwards and a ruckman or you know a forward ruck and then we also had an actual proper ruckman and Stephen Martin. That sort of changed too. That formation, we've now got the three key forwards. We've moved... One ruckman. Another, and one ruckman. And it does change things up greatly. We've gone from playing two actual rucks and two key forwards at points in time. We've changed the brand very much so. I and mean, we've still tried to keep the, the amount of tools that we've got, you know, for the most part, six to seven each week. But it's been a bit more shape-shifting, you know, whether it's the three key defenders or you have Lewis Young floating up forward. In recent weeks, before that, no, it's. I'm trying he's to been doing. He's been it doing is.
1: a bit of that in the VFL too, was Young. Mm. And speaking of speaking of tours, want to want to give a shout out to, to Josh Shacky Yes,
0: who did, it, who did it again? Back back the shack.
1: Kept Taylor Walker to two last quarter goals, five disposals. That was his fewest dispos, or That was his fewest. Uh, that's his lowest tally in terms of disposals for the season. Four mm. intercept marks as well. Shaky team high. Three mm. in the first quarter. <laughs>
0: It did slow down a bit, of course, and the ball yep. wasn't heading down that way as much there. But it was probably just more the fact that he's he reads it very well, doesn't he? He does. There's a couple of he times he always has. Where, oh, he's always been here. he's always been very good in terms of being at the drop of the ball. Yeah, contested side of things can be a bit left to be desired. But it's interesting that there's been a lot of um, support from from Bebo in that regard, saying like, yes, yeah, he's been working on the gym, and it seems like it's strangely enough, maybe a reason why they won't bring him in earlier in the season or why they didn't give him a second crack at it after the Richmond game do you think
1: he was as, having as, like a up, pre-season mid-season
0: yeah i'm wondering if that might have been the case in that sense because i know that he started floating around or playing a bit higher up the ground in the vfl he's still doing very well yeah i've got his exact numbers but he's he's going at two plus a game minimum in the vfl then he's taken i think average just uh, just yeah, goals i think he's averaging just over eight marks or just under eight marks a game also, which is which is fantastic numbers.
1: Well, his form in the VFL has been good for for a lot large mm. part of the season. He kicked a bag of uh, five against the Suns. He kicked a bag six against Geelong. Mm. Yeah, he's been kicking very, goals. He's been kicking a lot of goals, too.
0: Huh? Mm. No, that was a very important bag, of course, against the Cats because yeah. they're sort of becoming like a a comeback specialist, aren't they now? The VFL team, whether it's from large deficits or early travelling deficits mm. in the first quarter or two. Well,
1: it's a it's a good segue that so we'll we'll talk about. That now we normally talk about the VFL a little bit later, but uh, we'll go with it now. So 16 10, 106 to 10, 969 against Casey, down by 46 points early in the second term. Footscray went on to win by 37 points. That's an 83 point swing,
0: and it's not, it's not against you know low caliber opposition. You know, I mean, the Sydney Swans for what they were a couple of weeks back, um, they're still in the lower trenches of the VFL the ladder. Uh, Casey. They're a, a very hardened side. And we know how well the, the senior team's going this year, of course, too. But yeah, Casey, just underneath us, were well, they third or fourth? They're fifth the ladder. actually. with yeah, with a, now, with, a percentage,
1: with a percentage of 166.6. Yeah.
0: So they dropped so they dropped about oh, seven or eight percent. So yeah, they were third or fourth. It's so a really high
1: average that or percentage. Yeah. There's some this, I mean, Werribee are in tenth. They've had five wins out of nine. They've got a percentage of 147.
0: Mm. And I don't know where that. I don't a know where that's at against Frankston too.
1: But Footscray undefeated, so the Bulldogs are on top of the ladder in the AFL. Footscray on top of the ladder in the VFL. This says a lot of 2016 about it, this. It does, it does. And I've
0: definitely make a mention of that for sure in the five things. I'll
1: just go through but, some uh, of yeah. the goals here as well. wonder, Nick, if you'll, you'll indulge me, any of these players capable of a recall to the senior side. West, McNeil and Kavara, each with three goals. McComb, Badendo, Vandermeer, back in the side. Drummond, William, Glass-McCasker and Craig Peters, each with a goal. And if Craig Peters is a name that sounds familiar, he was the... Uh, architect of the Indigenous jumper that the Bulldogs wore in the 2018 season. He
0: designed that one.
1: It's good, good to see him running N- around N- for, N- for, N- for
0: G- foot NGA prospect. That so, you know, is good. He's That's a
1: lovely little, little tie-in, isn't it?
0: It is. Now, he's a promising top, still a bit of a way from the, from the senior side in terms of draft recalls, but you know, he wouldn't be the worst rookie option probably within the next year or two. I don't know how... How young he is, but I still suspect he'd be in the early twenties. But it's good to see that some people that have been involved in the club for quite a while that they still are involved in one way, shape, or another. Whether he's still playing football for Footscray or being a part of uh, the club's campaigns for, and its marketing side of things for, for Indigenous works, uh, they're doing they're doing a great a great fist of things. They've worked you know, it's hard really at becoming that, a very they? very professional.
1: They've worked hard at reaching out to Indigenous communities, the Bulldogs, and establishing a, a connection. They've, they've put in a lot of effort in that over the last few years.
0: It's definitely been a focus. Obviously, Peter Gordon's mentioned that quite a fair bit at times on yeah. Best and Fairest Nights, and Kylie Wheeler Watson, no doubt, will will, will take over in that department there and, and push it even more. It's, and that's even been the case, ironically, with our trade targets too, hasn't it?
1: It has to, to an extent. Not every trade target. But certainly there's been a few of them. So if if I have a think about it, there was Jack Martin. There was a there was a pitch to Jack Martin. There was a Jarman Impy. Jarman Impy. There was a lot of interest around Chad Wingard. I think the Bulldogs felt they were fairly close to a deal there.
0: There was even of course, not that it reached mainstream, but there was of course conversations with Stephen May as well. So Northern Territory Boy. So
1: And then Jamari Yugo Hagen last year in the draft. Not, not all of them, but there's, there's definitely been a concert, concerted effort by the club in recent seasons, which is good to see as well. Any of those that start on the weekend, Nick, are any of them going to crack into the signed this week, which has been changed to, again, we'll be playing Essendon at Marvel Stadium at 3.20 on Sunday? Mm, yes, it's Friday been night. annoying,
0: but understandable as to why that's happened, of course. It would have been nice to have had a Friday night of there. Potentially, it could have been a Saturday. Imagine if it was a Saturday night on Saturday round not, twenty-one. Been... We've had some good memories there. Twenty-one and twenty-one. Make like it twenty-two <laughs> this time. <laughs>
1: do you reckon? Do you reckon Essendon went to the AFL and said, "Look, I don't want.
0: We don't want that again." No, just not around twenty-one, place. anyways. Round they twenty-one, were pleading, They were probably pleading to be played in round twenty-one. Only just, twenty-one in a row. That's a that's a miracle.
1: Just so, just for what it's worth, at that ground, Essendon currently have, uh, are on a run of three consecutive goals
0: against us. This probably might be our 10th clip at the Bombers tonight, I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving a fair whack to There's them. There's been
1: a few. There's been a few.
0: I'm going to think now, if I'm to pick a player, it probably is going to be McNeil in all seriousness. He seems to be really very much what we've craved with with the other small to medium forwards that we've got currently in our team with Waitman and Garcia. 18 Different types of players, but in terms of the energy that they provide, he's been sub a few times, but or medical sub, that is. But no, if anything, to if I was to pick one, probably would be McNeil. I don't expect him to get a recall, but he's the one most likely in my view.
1: 18 dispersals, three goals. No love for Riley West. 27 dispersals, seven tackles, three goals. Tell you what, that's, that's a pretty good day.
0: He is a good footballer. He still has a deal for, for next year, which is very pleasing. And still very confident that he will establish himself in the club's best 22. But in it time. won't be this year. It won't be this year. It's just a matter of him understanding his spot on the side, him understanding what the club has plans for or for him anyhow, and and listening to that. Because they, they genuinely of course, and this is not, not I'm trying to pump it up in a different way, and everyone would say these things too, they really do know what they're talking about. Not just because they're coaches, but they truly yeah. give plenty of care to the players and there's a lot of communication between it. As we saw, um, was it in a recent article? within the past two, three weeks regarding Jamara and how after every week of, say, not getting picked, yep. he still felt very comfortable enough to constantly keep going up to Luke Beveridge asking, what do I need to do to, yep. to press the case? You know, there's always, a, it's very clear cut, and that's the positive thing at the club and, and it'll I think be the case for everyone too.
1: Yeah, and, and it's good that a player can feel comfortable enough to do that yes. and that, that a, a coaching or a coach or coaching staff can be transparent enough to be, very open and honest about that and we're seeing the the dividends that it's paying now so what Jamar has kicked six goals in his first four games it's an encouraging start
0: it is it is very encouraging but yeah you see the idea of comfort is he ready <laughs> right, we still got a, what's he got to six and four games how many games have we got left this season three three more hopefully got at least a minimum three afterwards
1: we, well, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be hard to. Well, so you can't I'm you can't drop him. You're not going to drop him no, at the moment. Just,
0: I'm just wondering how is he going to kick 94 goals in the next six games? <laughs> you're That's assuming we'll win.
1: Out. You're assuming we'll win the qualifying final, Nick. Yes, yes. I'm already so. getting plenty of reminders not to jinx us because we've already done yeah, that. And once. I'm seeing it,
0: saying it a fair bit. There, we've said a lot of good things too. You know, we've made mention, of course, of oh, Garcia. You know, to, to bring him in, or and all these other types of things, and then they proceed to. To, to dominate you know we're, we're profits in in good in more good than bad ways that's yeah you know, pretty good i wood, think yeah, yeah wood, we, we, are, we are
1: pretty good for the for the most part with with prophesying for 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 better or for worse you mentioned uh, mcneil coming back into the side he might struggle because there's a few bulldogs that are returning from the injury ward as opposed to the vfl waiting in the wings the big fish who's still not in the sleep hall of fame adam Trelaw. Now he's apparently had a great block of training under his belt in the last six weeks, and he is in line to return this week.
0: So he's had a late season preseason.
1: <laughs> yes. He's had many of these types <laughs> of things. <laughs> yes. Josh Shackie with the mid season preseason. Adam Shalor with the late season, preseason. had the early season, preseason. Was it Garcia? I wonder who Or maybe I Hannon. Wonder. No, Hannon didn't have a has
0: Hannon, got Hannon's got that locked up.
1: Hannon's having a preseason in the, the AFL. And when I say that, I mean he's actually playing games of football
0: as far yes, as scratch to play games yes. of football. That's how it rolls.
1: These are his scratch matches at the moment. So Trelaw is, I don't know whether they've seen definitely available for section, but I think they've said he's in the frame, which is the, the best sign that we've had yet. Mm. So that's and probably
0: going to be minimum, they'll probably be minimum 85 to 90% comfortable. So it's just about, but yeah.
1: Just about. We'll May have that. a few more boxes to tick uh, as are the week we progresses.
0: Dare we pick him as the medical sub, the ultimate troll right there.
1: Well, I wouldn't do that. Wouldn't do that. But I'll tell you what, that would that would be. I mean, we will we'll, when the inevitable happens and in one of our star midfielders goes down injured, you can just replace him with Adam Trelaw. So a what bit a unfair, isn't
0: it? What a luxury that is. A couple of other
1: names that might come back. Ed Richards is another that has a few boxes to tick in terms of his return from concussion. Taylor Jarey was out of the side last week. Nothing serious there, just a slight niggle here and there. He should be available to return as well. And that and that's this I don't mind. You don't have to do this with every player because I think this has been put to us a couple of times. You know, with names like Pontopelli Pelli, when do you give them a rest? There's the pre-finals bye as well, which acts as a rest for all players. It, I think it's this is this is good management though because you don't need to give everyone a rest, but just the odd player here and there that's just a bit sore. I mean, we saw they uh, who do who do they rest. They rested Libertore, That was it. They rested Liberatore for the Suns match. Obviously, Dunkley, they they were, they were forced to have Dunkley on the side, but I don't think it was a bad thing to rest him up for, yeah, for it's, a week. It's,
0: even, it's not even that, too. It's even sometimes you can, you know, quote this. Well, again, quotation marks here. You can sort of rest players within the actual games itself to an extent. Yeah. And as we, we've noticed that, too, like they even um, in the back half of the Adelaide game, you started seeing Tim English start floating across, you know, center half back. Proportions of it there too,
1: and when you've got three tall forwards, this is a te- this is a tactical advantage as well. When you've got three tall forwards, you can afford to drift English down back, because normally you'd have just Bruce and Norton down there, and you would throw English forward, and you have Martin in in the ruck. Now you've got that third tall down there. English can just mm. drift back; It doesn't need to go forward.
0: And it leaves a responsibility for Mitch Hannon to take ruck duties now. Yeah, pretty much
1: or think... or Josh Dunkley,
0: or Josh Dunkley, yes, or even Bailey Willis. I don't, don't. He's rated elite by champion data for rough contests, wasn't he? I still don't know how that was even the case.
1: Are you sure that's not McCray or Keith?
0: Oh, both of them would be elites. So well. Let's have a look. Let's see what I can find here.
1: I'll just go I through the rest it. of the, the injury list while you're doing that. So Ryan Gardner is listed as one to two weeks away. Still hope it appears that he may sneak in one more match before the end of the home and away season. Lewis Butler, I mentioned a little earlier on, he's got a calf injury. So he's two to three weeks away. As is Lin Jong with his hamstring, still he's been. I feel like he's been two to three weeks away for the past month. Speaking of two to three weeks away for the past month, Stephen Martin's still. How many months? That. Two to two to three weeks away. Alex Keith with uh, with that hammy still, still two to three weeks away. Toby McLean with that knee, his season is done. We won't see him again this year for sure, which is yeah, a shame. Here it
0: was. Here it what was. You got the there. Hannon with two centre bounces, centre bounces, ten since that is. Only nine less than Josh Dunkley, if we really wanted to press the case for him playing in the midfield. <laughs> Had an 8 ruck contest, three hit-outs, one of those to advantage. I like that. Three out of eight, he got the hit-out against Riley O'Brien. That's not bad at all. That's a pretty good that's a pretty and good. it's very impressive for the 189-centimeter forward flanker.
1: Yeah, we, we did a bit of reminiscing at the start of the episode where we spoke a bit about how far we've come with the, with the salty bull login, And I've got here and we've gone through some of the moments from the previous 99 episodes. And I'm going to, I'm going to share them with you, Nick, and I'm going to share them with those who may not have may not have heard them, but I think these are, these are some of the best moments. These are some of the ones that that stand out for me a lot. The first one, I'm not going to play this one because this one actually goes for 50 minutes. (laughs) um if you go Jesus back Christ. through yeah and, and you'll know bit. why in a minute nick you'll remember this one if you go back oh, through remember, some of our earlier episodes which will be which are on our, our youtube page as well we don't really upload much to youtube anymore we'll do it all through spotify and, and apple podcasts and, and co Be sure to subscribe but you'll see a lot of them were over an hour but then there was one that was 50 minutes long it was quite a short episode in comparison to or well, pretty much all the episodes that we've done this one was really short and the reason this one was really short was because we weren't in a we weren't in a study room as we said we weren't in a in a studio we we're actually in a classroom and this was at oh, RMIT. No. Nick, oh my God! <laughs> I'm, R- now I'm just seeing
0: there's, there's a few instances. Of this I still remember. There was a couple of other ones where we not just the classroom too. We just had a random teacher rock up into our podcast itself. That's the one. So we're
1: halfway through, this is the one. and then we've and had and happened. then we've had a teacher. <laughs> no one knows. Neither of us knew who she was. Never met her because neither of us went to. T- RMIT but she's walked in and we've just stopped and she's she's got the most confused look on her face because she's she's never seen these two students before
0: <laughs> she said can i can i help you guys
1: we uh, said, wonder, oh, no. wonder, well,
0: she featured on the salty model that's the important that's the impressive thing we she did add that in there but it was just, oh, it just so, There's a lot of particular things in there too we
1: promised oh, her that, that we'd be, we'd be quick. We try and wrap it up as quickly as we could. So we're probably only in there for another 10, 15 minutes, but it was Nick and I at the table. And, and it was this lady I don't know her name. She's the nicest guest She's never said anything on the, on the podcast.
0: <laughs> and
1: she's sitting there for 15 minutes and she's listening to these two lunatics trying to try to convince the masses that
0: Boyd and Shacky should both be playing the forward line together. <laughs> we would probably still start to wonder uh, all about you know what does Sam Power bring to the table? You know, and, oh, I mean, Baines, the saviour. We were all going all about all these other particular things too. Oh, it was it was
1: it was, it was very nice of her to to let us just finish off like that. Uh, finish finish off. I'm sure the episode. she learned a
0: thing or two we'll, we'll or oh, I hope, that I hope well. she did. I hope she did. Yeah, she just but, recited back to the when you know when she. Because we used to uh, record these, what, probably around 10 or 11-ish? Um, All sorts in, of in the, early, in the, in the early, day, yeah. Epi- yeah the <laughs> early episodes, over 10 or 11-ish yeah. in the morning or so. And I'm sure she would have recited what just happened on her lunch break <laughs> to her you work know, colleagues and such. Just started. would have been mentioning about saying, "Who's Bontempelli? She's Those got the no
1: idea. Things. who We're talking about the poor, the poor thing. We're we're very grateful though that she she let us just record the 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 rest of the episode. So that was so that and that was the whole thing. So that's why this fifty minute song wasn't gonna wasn't gonna play. That one we'd be here forever. Episode fifty was. We were stunned mullets, man. That was brilliant. I must we say. We were episode fifty was I think my fourth favorite. I don't have any clips of this again. It's the it's the whole episode, but. I remember feeling such a sense of, of pride and achievement in the fact that we'd managed to, to scrap the 50 episodes. And when I got, when we got the 50 episodes, I'll be honest, I, I did honestly, did not believe we were going to get to a hundred. Did not think we were going to do it. So, so this was, this was quite an important one because this was the first genuine milestone. And we had been really excited about this one for weeks we pulled the firecrackers out and stuff. Yes, firecrackers. We, sorry, yeah. no, 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 no illegal fireworks were brought in on the show. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not not fireworks, but we did have a bit of a celebration. We brought along a couple of party hats and streamers and and all that sort of stuff. But the party poppers, you know, the, that, that was that was great. I really enjoyed that. And then later that night, we went to the, the that's good for footy. Uh, it, the, the that's good for footy show with uh, Easton yes, Wood and Bailey Smith. To...
0: Yes, that's. Geez, that was early twenty nineteen. Yeah, God, it's gone quick, isn't it? That was, that was fine. I think you won some cash that night too. I
1: did. I went on the. I went on the. Yeah, the, the little quiz show the they had during the. Yeah, won seventy five dollars. Thirteen correct answers, five dollars each. And there's good. a there's a there's a little clip there of, of Bailey Smith, and he's stunned that I got a question right. He couldn't believe it that I that I knew what I knew. That was good.
0: I enjoyed that. We attended a couple of shows, of course. Um, again, up in, was it Melton? We attended another one. Of, yeah, you know, there, was a, there was another Jason one. Jason with... Johannesson and yes. Marcus too. Bonte and JJ. That, would have been, that was the week after the uh, Port Adelaide win in 2019. Yeah, it was a, not long after that. Uh, yeah, so the lead up to that, lead up to to back-to-back wins over, uh, not back-to-back wins, two out of three wins over Geelong in, in those two seasons, which is probably our best record against the Cats in quite some time, to be fair.
1: Yeah, no, definitely was. Now I've got, uh, now this one, we've got, we've actually got the audio for this one. See how we go here. So one of, one of our favorites Loved bringing Jason Irvine in. It's one of, one of our favorites at the salty bulldog. Haven't been able to get him on, on quite so often this year, but he was, he was, he was a country man, Jason. So he was the one that was, you know, often going to recall some tale about something extraordinary that happened out in the sticks. And there was one team that we, we fell in love with just for their for their endeavour, if not their ability. The Thornton name Hilden. will always stay true to me. It will always be there in the back of my mind, Thornton Eldon. Thornton Eldon, and, and while they were getting absolutely hammered, their op- opponents Yarra Glen were in the in the midst of creating some form of unique history, and and the way they did it was outrageous.
0: I and I remember. do have a story,
1: I did read an article about this particular game, up until uh, half-time only four players hadn't kicked a goal <laughs> for Ilden. <laughs> and, and their coach they had wanted a uh, bigger slice of history than their highest ever score, so it was set on having every player kick a goal, <laughs> <laughs> 0.8 seconds on the clock, the last player that hadn't scored a goal, took a mark in the forward line. Oh, no! Wait for it, wait for it. The player on the mark from Eildon, because it was 50 metres out, overstepped. Oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> 50 metre <laughs> penalty.
0: And the last player for Yarraghlen uh, kicked a goal. The 21st player. Yep. <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's
1: that, amazing. That is that. That's an extraordinary story. It's that's, hard to believe. That's pretty
0: folklore, right there. It's
1: It's hard to believe we've got two moments that top that.
0: I can't believe that, but oh, we I we still, do manage it. We do manage I'm it. I just must be saying. I mean, I've covered a game for several in recent weeks, and I and I must say, fortunately, it did not include a um, you know. In that there wasn't several there, but it, it did not include a 300-point-plus win. It was, only a, it was only a solid couple of goals there. So fortunately, didn't have a lot of work to do for that. The equalization's kicked in since. Equalization has kicked in right there, yes. <laughs> oh, I, I do miss having, so
1: the, the two names or the two voices that you will have heard there that, that you won't have heard for much of this season, Jason Irvine, who told the story, and Brad Sultana as well. They, they were regulars, particularly during the, the 2019 season. Oh, goodness, I miss having them on. I really do. Mm. I mean, it was it was chaos having those guys on. Like it was, it was, there was, it was, was, it was always
0: there was always a punch that was thrown <laughs> towards Jason regarding Aaron Norseman every <laughs> single week. It was just, it was just hectic. But it was so much fun. Oh god, I miss those
1: days. But there's this next one. This next one is well, I think this is better because this for me is is the greatest individual defensive display ever. This isn't a, this isn't a team effort. This is one man on a solo mission doing it all on his own. So a couple of years ago, this may well have been during the twenty eighteen season. Nick and I were going through every single number uh, from one through to sixty, I think it was, and looking at the best players to have worn that number. And we got yeah, to number we were citing
0: the amount of games played too for them as well. Yeah, so that was it. Was a nice little task actually. It was a great really one, and we task.
1: we got to we got to number forty eight. So we were quite high up on the uh, on on the list. We got to number forty-eight, and then we came across something that honestly has to be has to be seen to be believed. Okay, no, hang on, hang on a second. You got a name? I have got a name. In forty-eight. In forty-eight, he wore it in his first year, and he wore it in his last year, and he wore number nineteen for all the seasons in between. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> Zeno's at Zaris. He makes a return. <laughs> oh, I God. love this guy. I love this guy. Let's have, he had he won four, five Brownlow votes in his career. What the heck? He got he got a, he got three Brownlow votes in a losing side against Geelong in 1989.
0: Which is not an easy feat for us.
1: Geelong won by 50 points, and he got the Brownlow votes.
0: <laughs> oh dear!
1: How did he manage that? He had 14 disposals. He took seven marks. Did he take out Gary Ablett? Gary Ablett was held goalless. Oh that would be it.
0: That's actually it.
1: It was. A... That would be it. He what kept the... Gary Ablett goalless. The... <laughs> okay, that's
0: enough. He is the 48. Oh no, Zeno be Who keeps Gary Ablett's senior goalless? The man with 1,005. So 1,059 goals or 1,051 goals, a three-time centurion. A four-time grand finalist. Team of the century, AFL team of the century. Hall, Hall of, of Famer, fame, a legend of the game. Was he fifth on the all-time goal kickers or third on the all-time goal kickers and he kept him goalless. And he won three Brownlee votes that day. In a 51-point drumming. What the heck is going on?
1: <laughs> he may have had the nickname God, but even God was no match for Zeno.
0: That brings back some very, very fantastic memories in that particular studio that we were there with. Jeez. Yeah. At that That's,
1: that's taken yeah, three back, years actually. ago. That does take it back. That's a long that's, time yeah.
0: ago. Mm. Man. I wonder if Xeno wore sleeves. Oh, don't you start. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's what gave him the God given powers to take him down. Well, possibly. There's
1: we'll every chance.
0: We'll have to ask him. That. Have to find out. I don't find know. If,
1: uh, um, unfortunately, I don't know if that story's ever been confirmed that he was playing against Gary Ablett that day. But Doesn't let's matter. not allow it, the truth to get the, the way truth. Of the good truth story. becomes the legend, you know. That's how. That's how it grows. Because he was called on the radio a few few years ago, Zeno, you uh, know, on Triple M, because they they'd had rumors that he kept uh, Jason Dunstall goals in a game as well. Now, unfortunately those those weren't true but we've yet to have Zeno uh, actually come onto the podcast and, and deny these ones so you know they're truth until told otherwise and even then we're gonna we'll still consider them truth anyway and that is very very unlucky to not make <laughs> the number one spot very unlucky now the the number one spot is is part of a category that that could well have a top five of its own top ten of its own even <laughs> <laughs> Nick knows where we're going with this. <laughs> so this was at the end of the 2018 season. We, we, it, it, it had been a long year, you know, we were, we were all a bit burnt out. But we were going through a season we, we were still
0: living off the, the success of the Geelong victory, you know. We were still probably having hangovers from that. But probably, that was, probably fun night. that was actually a very, very fun night. But put aside the heart attack that we that we all suffered watching that game and Harry Taylor there. That was a really, really fun night. That
1: was that was an that was an enjoyable game as well, actually. All right any 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 time you get two teams kicking over one hundred points, you've you've got a good game on your hands, and you've you've got one worth watching. But this wasn't about the Geelong game. This was this was many weeks after, so we're reviewing at the end of the season, and you know we've got our own little got our own little award system. You know, looking at looking at all the highlights of the year, and I asked Nick uh, a very simple question: Who did he think the best first year player was?
0: I don't know. It's, yeah, Billy. To the, me, it's a clear, it's a two-way horse. Even though this is insulting, at the same time, it's a two-way horse, or whatever the saying is between a two-horse Billy. race. Thank you. Two-two <laughs> two, race. A two-way <laughs> horse. <laughs> two-way horse. Two-way <laughs> horse. I don't know. I don't. I don't, <laughs> do, I don't, do, I don't do horse racing at all. What, what is, is a two-way come horse? Come again. A two-horse, two-horse race. race. Thank you. <laughs> That's not important, horse. everyone. Um, <laughs> You know, that's on um, camera. Now. That, that's beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? We've got, uh, we've got that there. We got it there. We got it there. We got I'm it here. Thinking, yeah, definitely Billy or, or North. There's, a, I've had a few moments, haven't I, with some of the sayings. I think I've mentioned evening night session. wasn't. The one. <laughs> yes. Evening night session. Uh, the good old smart thinking cotton, which was meant to be bold strategy cotton, I think it was. <laughs> we even made a meme out of that too. <laughs> Did we ever figure out what a two-way horse is? No, I don't think we ever will. And I'm glad we won't, because that's how it should be. It remains a mystery for life. As I, as I said, smart thinking cotton, evening
1: night session. We, we could have had it. We could Couple have had others. We could have had our very own category of Nickisms.
0: I, I don't know. I just kept changing phrases in accidentally without even realizing I was doing it. <laughs> you, 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 didn't, you didn't care what the phrase You would just grab any phrase that came into you,
1: just mesh them together and see what you come up with. <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty oh, of it. So, so they're they our top five, in in that order. Two way horse, Zeno's at Zaris keeping Gary Ablett senior goalless, and getting three brownie points. The story is, is will always be extraordinary. The Yara Glenvy thought Nielden or buzzer beater, the fiftieth episode, and as well episode I think it was episode seven, uh, that one was where we. Uh, we recorded with our, our special guest, our special silent guest, the tutor. Don't know what her name is, but <laughs> thank you to her. <laughs> Aside from those, I, I know I haven't given you much of an opportunity
0: here. Do you have a favorite? Should should open the floor to you as well. I think you've summed it up quite nicely though. In all seriousness, Matt, but I mean I certainly do enjoy the the remarks that we've caught. And I'm gonna say this again, the remarks that we made following the the 21 goal. Or consecutive goals against Essendon. That was a very enjoyable episode in general terms. I think even more for us to I, I mentioned the, the Geelong win and the following that Harry Taylor missed after the sign. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we just we blew a gasket or something after that. Not just after the game but even during the podcast a, a few yeah. days later. And even too I think our discussions our discussions in early 2018 were were very, very funny. We were thinking Oh, Beverage has lost the players. Gotta get rid of him. Sack him. You know, we were zero and two. We think we've lost five in a row now uh, from the back end of 2017, to We're thinking, what is going on here?
1: When we were zero and two in 2018, we were mm, about definitely. a dozen episodes in and we'd lost yeah. by 80 points and by 70 points. I remember sitting there thinking this podcast was a really th- bad idea.
0: <laughs> I think there's another highlight too. I think what sums up the podcast purely in terms of its originality and its ability to think out of the box not just in in segments but in content and, and how we try to have some good old gags was is when you decided to in your respective team of 20, uh, you know your best 22 for 2018 uh, was putting Jackson McRae on the bench
1: we've, we've not had a really good track record of players named in teams on the bench so that was a mistake of mine that I I still haven't lived down it seems the, the other one was the team of the post-2000 era where we... Oh, no, that, that's, a, that's a
0: good moment too. <laughs> I still we, can't we, get over that.
1: We, put the, we, we voted for the team on-field, so this is uh, Brad, yourself, and, and I. We voted for the, the on-field A team. We left the bench up to the fans under the, the Western World's Facebook forum, and they thought that Scott Wine should have made he the bench. played one year in the post-2000s over Luke <laughs> good Darcy. Good enough to get him in. Wilminson well, or Ben Hudson? Luke Darcy, believe- Ben Hudson. Jordan Ruffett, even Jordan Ruffett, even uh, Walt
0: was on the field, I think. But yeah, oh, have you, I wonder where he was. I've got to have to look at that team again.
1: Yeah, well, I think, yeah,
0: I, a, I think I copped a little bit of rap for for not having Bob Murphy uh, or not putting him on the actual field. I think I wanted to play more as a half forward than as a. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we weren't sure whether That's to play him on bank. the half-back or the half-forward line. Mm. We just sort of left it up to the fans to, you know, because he was he was going to be an automatic in if it was up to the fans. He was an automatic in anyway, but I think we just left it up to the fans to decide where. Did he, did he even make the team then?
0: He did. He did. Okay, I think so he made God. the team. It would have been pretty funny had we were relying on that to happen. He doesn't end up making the team anyhow. <laughs> I think he made it on the, in the back line, the back
1: spot, the defensive position on the bench. Oh, that was good. That was good. Like I say, 2018, 19 for the salty bulldog. I don't there know. It, I don't know if it was. There. I don't know if it was peak salty bulldog, but it was. It was disorganized chaos, and
0: I loved it. I loved it. It was so much fun. It was fun. Even us waiting to to get into the into the studios too, wondering, oh, can we go in? I oh, know someone else is still recording. We have yeah. to let them finish off their stuff, or we just popped up in, or some other times had some other people, other students at Swinburne. I mean, you attended that uni, I was at the Trobe yeah. at the time there, but it was always fun heading down. And I've got to thank again, uh, Jason, for on occasions for, for dropping me off at the uni when I wasn't catching the train <laughs> there. Yeah. But it was even better. We had, straight after the podcast too, I loved, this was other touching moments too, straight after the podcast, we'd head over to Holy Moly's and have some pizza there afterwards, get oh, some lovely. chips or have a kick of the footy at Glenferry Oval as well too. That was, that was and, really fun. And then we, we made them mo- Brilliant fun.
1: We made the mistake of inviting Brad onto the podcast. The moment, the very first episode he was on, that's when, when he got there. And when we we went into the studio, Holy Molly was open. When we left, about an hour and a half later, it was shut. Everything was taken out. It was gone. He was wondering what all the fuss was about. <laughs> it was all vanished within an hour and a half. It was extraordinary. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, I, I do miss those years. I really do. Mm-hmm. We better finish the episode. We better wrap it up. But we've got a couple of questions sir, that we'll go through. I don't know if you've got anything there, Nick. I've got a few here from uh, Grant Finlayson, who's been very good with it, uh, putting through questions during the year. Thank you, Grant. He's put through three. The first question, what happened to the bond on the weekend? Any concerns? Is he injured? That was probably his worst game he's ever played since he started. That's a big call.
0: I mean, you. I don't know if it's his worst game he's ever played. No, I can think I, of a couple worse personally. I think yeah. the back half of 2017, that particular Port Adelaide game, yeah, round 22 of 2017, yeah, that uh, wasn't his finest of moments.
1: I wouldn't be too worried though. I think there was there was concerns he was carrying some sort of injury, but be honest, he came off you know three vote game against Melbourne last week. We got the the 10 coaches votes. I wouldn't be too. I think he got the 10 votes. I wouldn't be too concerned, and I think he was being tagged as well. And he has, Keys, who's
0: who's done actually very good this year. Very. He is
1: susceptible to 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 being tagged out of games on occasion. Montepelli, he's not completely immune to the tag, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. I don't think that injury is is having that big an impact on him.
0: No, it's not stopping him going in hard after the ball too, which is which is very nice as well because he's still. What did he was he able to register? on Fifteen and a goal, I think it was. Fifteen and a goal, but I'm just having a sus of it here. Still six of those contested. So still 40% of his possessions contested. And in recent weeks, he still had, following that West Coast, uh, well, towards the end of that game where he copped that knock, still has had 13, 18, and 13 contested possessions um, in the in the following four games before last Saturday against the Crows. So that's contested possessions. So still confidence enough to, you know, to go in hard with his shoulders.
1: Probably got Brownlow votes, I reckon, in two of the five games since against Melbourne and against Gold Coast. And they're probably three and three as well. Another one here from Grant. Who do you reckon we will play in the first final? Again, personally, I believe it will be Sydney as I could see them getting fourth spot off port and us finishing top. And another question on that is as well who is the biggest threat to us for the flag, in your opinion. Personally, I reckon again, it may be the Swans, they match up with us well and are very well coached. See, that's interesting. I, I feel a little different about that. I feel like we actually match up quite well against Sydney on. So, on the contrary, uh, our record against Sydney under Beveridge is quite good. I think we've lost three times and we
0: might have won seven, possibly. Give or take. So, 2015, two 2016. Times in 2016, once in
1: 2017,
0: once in, 2019, once in 2019,
1: once in 2020. So, six and three record. That's pretty, that's pretty favorable. Mm. I would say that's more of an, an anomaly. I do agree that Sydney are a very good side. Sydney have always been a very competitive side. I would argue our only other real contender is Geelong.
0: I'll, and I'll say that too, for sure. Geelong in terms of feeling worried about what they can do because they happen to match up very well on us. Yes. They know how to stop our game. Particularly but in finals. Us. They do. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about that in, in this particular side. Yes, maybe, but not this team.
1: And the other thing with, with Geelong, we sort of say, well, I mean, there's the <laughs> inevitable drop-off that we expect from them when we get to finals. But until we see that, that like every year you've got to consider them to be, you know, in the mix. I guess it's easier to do that when, when it's your side, they're up against when, when you're not in the finals or not near Geelong, you can, it's easy to say, Oh no, they won't do it. But no, you've got to worry about Geelong, but I'd say Geelong is Sydney are the two threats to the throne, as it were.
0: I'll stick with Geelong, but in terms of sides that are left in the, in the finals race that play a very similar brand of football to what we try to do, or at least they're capable of, um, of matching us in, in that department. It's probably ironically going to be Port, the very team that can't bet a top eight or top four side. It's probably going to be Port that actually makes me think that they get their weapons and their players back. You know, they're, not going to, they're not going to do an equivalent of a 2016 run, but in terms of getting personnel back at the right part of the season, they're still capable of doing damage. I'm not saying that, that they will beat us if they were to finish fourth, but I think they're more likely to beat us from fourth spot than say a, a Sydney or, a, or a Brisbane, or even if Melbourne somehow slid to fourth spot. That's all, the only, that's my concern in that regard. I think it, it all comes quick as well.
1: It, they are. I think it all comes down to that last game. Of the season gets put out late that we've got against them as well. I, I think
0: play them the following two weeks after much like Geelong and Melbourne. And then again, potentially Geelong and Melbourne.
1: Absolutely. It can definitely happen. Uh, so, I mean, this is assuming, of course, that we beat Essendon this week and then Hawthorne next week uh, to get to, to finish top spot. But yeah, that I mean, imagine if we if we beat Port Adelaide, then we won't play them in the first week of the finals. But if we lose to them, then we will. Because if we if we defeat them, then there's every chance Sydney will overtake them. But if if they beat us, then they'll they'll maintain that stranglehold on on fourth spot. They could potentially even leapfrog Melbourne or, or Geelong because one of them will, will drop points in the last game of the season. or At least one of them will drop points. So there's a lot of of interesting circumstances and and possibilities to play out on that last game where you've got first and fourth playing and second and third playing, potentially. That wouldn't have happened very often.
0: We've got one last question here from Anthony Cowie. The question is, and you're going to love this, and it, it follows on quite nicely for this week. What will come first, Essendon beating the Bulldogs or an Essendon finals win? Now, it's been 2,570 days since they last beat us. We have won those matches since by an average of 54 points. That's a pretty good record, actually.
1: But I'm not going to be bought into the possibility of jinxing anything. I've already been guilty of that. I'm, I'm not going to have too many gigs at Essendon. I will say they're a better side than the Essendon teams that we've played in recent years. I mean, not saying much when one of those sides lost, conceded 21 goals in a row against us, but we have had some big wins against Essen, And I will say this Essendon side is a better than the sides that we've faced against them in the past, despite what the ladder positions will tell you. And they have a lot to play for and This could well be curtains if they don't win this week. So there's a lot on the line for both sides. Ask for our first ever minor premiership and them to, to get into finals. So... This will be this will be a tough match. This won't be an easy one by any stretch of the imagination. But it will be good to have some of those names back. Yet another game under the belt of Dunkley and Easton Wood was another one who we didn't mention who, who came and back. It was good stop, to have him back.
0: Still waiting for Van Whether he plays probably another game in the VFL too. Probably would.
1: Yeah, probably would. But then you've got Trelaw, Dre, and Ed Richards to come back into the side as well. So there's a there's a some good names to come back into that side. Hopefully. And possibly a few more but what we're seeing is we're starting to get the, the best 22 is slowly starting to come together now we're starting to get all those names coming in at the right time which is good let's just hope we can keep it that way but i think that better do us for another week for the 100th week it's been quite a journey actually from from when we started back in that that study room with uh, just the phone in between the, in, in, in the middle of the, the table in, with the. the
0: Consistent heater and the squeaky door.
1: Yeah. Way back in, in November, 2017, November 20, November 22nd. I think it was 2017. There's, there's so many people I, w- I want to thank. I want to thank obviously you firstly, Nick, first and foremost, as you know, none of this would be possible without you. Uh, I couldn't just talk to myself for an hour. So I, I really appreciate the fact that, that you've taken time out of your schedule every week. Uh, to be with me brad and jason regular co-hosts of the salty bulldog not so much this year but in previous years i want to thank you guys for also taking out of of, time out of out of your day to help with my project i really do appreciate that so many other friends and and family that have supported me at, at various stages through this one and i want to thank you for for your support uh it's it's been really comforting to know that i've had people backing me with this one and really supporting me to, to help me go through with this project. Uh, can't forget to mention a favorite of ours, Peter Macardo, as well, uh, who helped give us the opportunity to be broadcast or to broadcast the podcast on Swinburne radio for a period in the, in the back end of, of 2019. Really do appreciate that as well. Yeah. The, the, there's so many names that's that I could go through uh, and, and thank, and there are, there are some that I've definitely forgotten as well, but it's, it's not just, it's not just um, Nick and myself there's there's so many people that help make this possible and it would be risk of me to not thank them uh, for for everything that they've given up and everything they've done to, to help us with this we really do appreciate it and this is no we're not, not going to forget this anytime soon anything you want to say Nick
0: no it's a very touching thing it's a very touching note to to wrap up the episode on there's still a fair bit left to do though, of course. We've got some unfinished business that we have to to continue and and take it as far as we can. But yeah, now hundred up. It's fantastic. Hopefully this can continue to grow and we'll be able to to push it as far as we can and and see it become bigger and better.
1: We definitely will. We're not we're not done yet, not by any stretch of the imagination. To all of our listeners, I can't forget to thank you as well. You're what makes this podcast grow. And this brand, I suppose we call it a brand. You're what helps make this brand grow, makes the podcast grow and your support. We love the the questions that you, you hand us every week. We love the feedback. We, we love everything about you. We, we really do. And we look forward to having you join us again for the rest of the season and beyond, who knows? Until then, make sure to subscribe to the Salty Bulldog podcast. You'll be able to do so wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out our social media channels on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and our website, www.thesaltybulldog.wixsite.com forward slash home. Until then, until next week, I've been Matthew Don. I've had Nick Galea. The Salty Bulldog is 100 not out, and we look forward to seeing you again next week.